our scripture lesson, our readings today are from both the Old and New Testament. The first one is from Psalm 133, and you will find that on page 563 of the Pew Bibles. Psalm 133. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. And the New Testament lesson this morning is from Ephesians chapter 5, and, uh, excuse me, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, found on page 1066 of the Pew Bibles. Ephesians 4, chapter, chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in all. The word of the Lord. Let us now bow together for a moment of prayer. Eternal God, as we come together in this place of quietness and comfort, we pray that we may hear you speaking to us by your word and through your spirit. Stir our hearts to a deeper faith in you and a deeper love for one another, that our lives may reflect the life of Jesus in whose name we pray, amen. amen. Well, as, as we have heard this morning, this is World Communion Sunday. It's, it's a celebration that the church has observed since the mid-1930s. As this day dawned on the other side of the world, Christians in the Fiji Islands and South Korea and New Zealand gathered around the Lord's table for worship. 
Later today, congregations in Alaska and Hawaii will also meet around the Lord's table. Christians all over the world are coming together on this day to celebrate the extravagant grace of God that crosses national and denominational boundaries. Today we are reminded that we are part of a worldwide fellowship, a great cloud of witnesses confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and affirming that in Christ we are members of one another. Several years ago, someone suggested that instead of calling this World Communion Sunday, we should call it the Sunday of Two Loyalties, because it does remind us that the Christian life truly is a twofold commitment. Our first commitment is to Christ as Savior and Lord. This is our commitment of faith. But that faith leads us to a second commitment, which is a commitment to discipleship, a commitment to walk the walk, to follow Jesus in loving and caring for each other as he has loved and cared for us. It's consistent with what Jesus said to the young lawyer who came to him and asked, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus pointed him to the law and said, what do you find there? How do you read? And what the lawyer read was, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. These two loyalties are related and in fact, they are inseparable. <laughs> Clearly, our loyalty to Christ is our number one loyalty. It is the heart of our being here today. I would guess that every day, each one of us gets confronted by either people or causes that want to be our number one loyalty. Our jobs, our social interactions, our political affiliations, our families, our favorite sports teams, and yes, even the church, can sometimes be unrelenting in pursuit of being our chief loyalty. The claims they stake on our lives are important. But sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that they are burdensome. And they can distract us from what or who should be our primary loyalty. Jesus has promised that when we make him our number one loyalty, he will give us relief from the burden of every other claim on our lives. When we come to him in faith and take his yoke upon us, he really does give us rest for our souls. I think it is one of the clearest evidences of the grace of God that when our primary allegiance is to him, all the other claims that are placed upon us will find their rightful position in our lives. Many years ago, Martin Luther described what it means to make Christ the number one loyalty of one's life. And he wrote, if you knock on the door of my heart and ask who lives there, I will answer you. Once upon a time, a man named Martin Luther lived here.
But he has moved out. And now Christ Jesus lives in me. Our coming to this table here today affirms that we belong to Christ. To eat this bread and drink this cup declares our commitment to die to self so that Christ might live in us. And as we take into our bodies these symbols of his body and blood, we say that he is a part of us and we are a part of him. But as surely as this World Communion Sunday reminds us that we belong to Christ by faith, it also reminds us that in Christ we belong to each other and we owe to each other a duty of love. We never, ever come to this table alone. Now, from a purely practical angle of vision, I think we all know how deeply our lives are interrelated. Our dependence on each other is highlighted every day in the life of the community as we work together to conserve energy, to protect a fragile environment, to ensure economic stability, to enforce the law, to care for the elderly, to nurture the young. We have long since learned or at least we should have learned, that it is utter foolishness for any person or any nation to try to go it alone in today's world. Clearly, one of the critical needs of our time, locally, nationally, globally, is for people of goodwill to be joined together in a spirit of reconciliation and service. And we see that unmistakably in light of the recent events in Texas and Florida and Mexico and Puerto Rico, where we are confronted with unprecedented opportunities to let our lives reflect the unity we have in Christ and to show the compassion to which he calls us. This morning in our fellowship hall, we've had a community outreach fair where we have welcomed representatives of agencies that serve needs across the life of this community. And they have offered to our congregation opportunities for us and for our families to become involved, to join our hands and hearts with others in the community in Christ-like service. These ministries, as well as this church's very remarkable commitment to international outreach, make clear to us how much real good can be accomplished when we work together with other Christians to tear down the walls that divide and to live as a people made one in Christ. This worldwide fellowship that you and I celebrate at this table today calls us to let this be our way of life. I know we all have to work to accomplish other goals. We all have other dreams we want to fulfill. But above all else, we must be about the work to which Christ has called us, the work of showing love and seeking recon reconciliation and pursuing peace and lifting up the fallen and helping those who are not able to help themselves and sharing our faith, not only in word, but in deed as well. Because the natural outgrowth of our faith commitment to Christ, of his living in us, is that through us he lives in the lives of others.
through the love and care that we're able to show in his name. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in his little book, Life Together, wrote this. When God was merciful, when he revealed Jesus Christ to us as our brother, when he won our hearts by his love, this was the beginning of our instruction in divine love. When God was merciful to us, we learned to be merciful to others. When we received forgiveness instead of judgment, we too were made ready to forgive others. What God did to us, we then owe to others. The more we received, the more we were able to give. Thus, God himself taught us to meet one another as God has met us in Christ. My friends, by faith and by the reality of human history, you and I are inescapably related to each other in a global family, a family whose bonds are ultimately deeper and stronger than any political position or social organization, bonds, of, bonds whose roots lie at the very heart of our creation in the image of God and our redemption in Jesus Christ. And so as we gather at this table today, we do in fact come to celebrate our two loyalties. Our first loyalty to Jesus Christ in faith, but because of him, our loyalty to each other in love. The Apostle Paul was right. There is one body and one spirit, just as we were called to the one hope of our calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. Thanks be to God.